This is an RNZ podcast. Five years ago, former broadcaster and editor and public broadcasting advocate David Beetson, whose health was failing at the time, said this in an NZ On Screen interview about his life and times. My last fight is on now. And it's because I believe that the current broadcasting model is probably on its knees. And so I want to see the resources that we have rejigged so that we can have a non-commercial free-to-air television system which Radio New Zealand should be involved with. And I am lobbying like hell. The last job I'm going to do, that's my target. I'll get it. (laughs) To hell with it, I'll get it. Well, David Beetson didn't get that non-commercial TV broadcasting that he wanted for New Zealand before he died later that year. But five years on, one state-owned entity offering radio and TV is the current government's plan, with a mix of commercial revenue and public funding. And last week, Budget 2022 earmarked an additional $327 million over three years for that, and the Minister of Broadcasting and Media, Chris Farfoy, committed to funding around half of the entity's annual operating budget, around $200 million a year, until 2026. Now, the plan is to have that up and running in a little over a year from now, but as we heard on Media Watch last weekend, other details are still thin on the ground. The Minister has guaranteed all existing non-commercial services, such as RNZ National, Concert and Pacific, will still be provided, But the nuts and bolts of how the new autonomous crown entity will run, who will run it and exactly what else it will do, are yet to be determined by a recently appointed establishment board. And as we heard last week, the minister declined to be interviewed on this programme about all of that. But this week he did front up in an online forum organised by the campaign group The Better Public Media Trust, where he also delivered its annual address in memory of David Beetson. I kind of worked with Dave a little bit back in 2014, uh, as opposition spokesperson for broadcasting, um, very uh, useful to draw on his wisdom and knowledge. Chris Farfoy went on to say that better funded public media will be good for journalism and, in the end, our democracy, and he hoped that David Beetson would have approved of what he's now doing. But the rest of the address was a restatement of the commitments already made so far and of his belief that RNZ and TVNZ today are out of time. RNZ and TVNZ were set up for a different world around the focus of traditional radio and television. And within the constraints of the existing legislation, they've done what they can do to change, to modernise and meet significant challenges. We know they are both trusted and valued. And this makes me optimistic about what we can achieve for public media when we have an entity with modern, enabling legislation, a consistent focus, flexibility, and with principles, structure and funding to nurture content and feed audiences. That modern legislation that Chris Farfoy spoke about there will be crucial and it will have to be tabled within a couple of months. And the minister said he's on to it. We know uh, that we want this entity, we know what we want this entity to achieve, and a legislated charter will set out the entity's purpose and objectives. But the task of creating a new entity is starting. Uh, the establishment board, which um, is chaired by the Honourable Tracy Martin, who's Uh, both um, on the school and is on your next session, will oversee the detailed design of the entity and the change process. On his blog Nightly News this week, the former New Zealand Herald editor-in-chief Gavin Ellis argued that the government has put the cart before the horse here. He said that establishment board tasked with filling in the details will be circumscribed by that legislation, which must be well advanced by now. 
and he said the public deserved to have a much clearer picture before the three years of financing were committed to something that's due to be up and running in little more than a year. And Gavin Ellis said he saw two possible scenarios playing out. Either these foundational underpinnings preordain the structure, or the timetable requires the new entity to be established in such haste that it will be a mechanical exercise of fitting existing pieces together. Either way, we may wind up with nothing more than a merger that amounts to a back-to-the-future version of the NZBC. Or the two public broadcasters will be rearranged into a piece of eccentric architecture combining Radio New Zealand House on the Terrace and the TVNZ Television Centre on Victoria Street West. Not to mention all the other premises and bureau dotted around the country serving the two supposedly national broadcasters, Gavin Ellis could have added. Another question unanswered so far is what's the role of the government's broadcasting funding agency, New Zealand On Air, currently the avenue for the bulk of public money for our public media? Will it fund programmes and content for a new public media entity, as it has for TVNZ in the past? And if not, will the budget of New Zealand On Air then fall over time? Well, when asked about that at Tuesday's virtual meeting, this was the broadcasting minister's response. Those kind of decisions are still going to be worked through. I would reiterate the point that I made uh, last in the previous answer, is that we want to maximise our public media outcomes, regardless of where they are realised, whether that be through the new public media entity uh, or whether that be through funding from New Zealand On Air. Uh, We don't want both of those entities um, creating the same kinds of content. Uh, We want to make sure that that's coordinated so we get maximum output, uh, maximum content and maximum audiences for a limited amount of money that taxpayers will always be able to make sure is directed to public broadcasting or public media. The minister went on to say that New Zealand On Air added healthy competitive tension to local content and would have to work out how to coexist appropriately with the new public media entity. But that adds no clarity at all to a matter that must have been considered by the Ministry for Culture and Heritage, which is the avenue for public media funding and also monitors its use or by those working on the soon-to-be-seen legislation underpinning the new public media entity, or by the expert advisory group appointed to draft the charter for it and scrutinise the business case that was demanded by Cabinet, or by at least one of the groups of consultants who contributed to that business case. It all means that no one really knows how much money will be available to the new entity and to public media and the creation of local content as a whole in the future. Now, answering questions about the oversight of the public media entity and its commitment to children, the Zoom link to the minister in his Beehive office then failed, and that was the end of his participation last Tuesday night. Hopefully not a sign of difficulties the government might experience delivering better broadcasting to the public from 2023. But after that, a panel for interested parties then debated his plan, including the sceptical Gavin Ellis. I have no idea what the structure of this entity is going to be like. I fear that it's going to have two divisions that will have different names, but in fact will be Radio New Zealand and Television New Zealand. If it does that, it's failed. This entity will be monitored by more state agencies than ever before. There are at least four and as many as six that will have some form of oversight into what it's doing. Now, this is at a time when trust in in media and trust in government is at an all-time low. If we don't 
do something to ensure the absolute independence of this entity from any forms of government control over and above annual appropriations of funding for public good, uh, then it will not gain the trust of the public. And while the minister had spoken of a new public media entity fit for the future that will even deliver for the children of tomorrow, what happens after 2026 when the current funding commitment ends? Indeed, what will happen after 2023 if the government changes soon after the new public media entity is created? The chair of the Public Media Entity Transition Board, Tracy Martin, told the meeting this. No government can bind the hands of a future government. Um, You can only do your best to make sure that everybody understands that this is a good idea um, and also to bring the public with you so that it's politically not a good idea to muck around with it. But some opponents will take some convincing. The National Party's broadcasting spokesperson, Melissa Lee, complained that she'd been cut out of the process, with the exception of Tracy Martin. If it is a good idea, I will definitely support. I would actually love to be engaged in the process uh, and the discussion. I have not been consulted. Tracy was the only person who came and saw me that one time. And back in March, when the public media entity was finally confirmed by the government, Melissa Lee told Media Watch that her national party didn't support it, but wouldn't waste money unpicking it. I don't think uh, you know uh, any national government would actually unpick something just for the sake of unpicking. It has to be. It has to make sense. And Melissa Lee said that again in last Tuesday's debate. I'm not just going to scrap it just because you know um, you know we have a different view. Uh, I, I don't want to waste money. If it is actually a good idea, as I said to the minister and also Tracy right at the beginning, if it's a good idea, of course I'll support it. But barely 12 hours later, on RNZ's Morning Report, her party leader Christopher Luxon said he'd put the public media entity funding back in the public purse. Yeah, no interest in doing a merger of TV and Zeta Radio. OK, so even, even when the money's been spent, you'd still well, wind it back. So that is a waste of money then, isn't it? See, this is the point, isn't it? I mean, the government has no idea why it's doing it. Uh, it's got it's spending $325 million, considered the enterprise value of both organisations, for what benefit, for what outcome. And you're saying that's one of the most important things you're going to do right here, right now, in the middle of a cost-of-living crisis... Earlier, the minister, Chris Farfoy, had told the meeting in his David Beetson address, better public media was a public good for which the public should pay. Though there's clearly not a consensus on that among the politicians who have the power to make or break public broadcasting, to nurture it or strangle it, depending on the public mood in the national finances. The clock is now ticking on this effort to build something that will take the public with it and political opponents.